1: So I am going to campaign very happily because I think he's done a terrific job. he's shown experience. He's kept us from you know having a a, a, a complete breakout of uncontrolled war in many regions.
0: Ah yes, that is Boltneck, They boltneck John Kerry scaring the kids. Now wait a minute. He said the great thing about Joe Biden being president is that there without him there war might be breaking out all over the world. But thanks to Joe Biden, war is not breaking out all over the world. Is that what he just said? Now, check me if I'm wrong, but isn't there a a massive war going on in Europe right now with hundreds of thousands dead? War in the Middle East between Hamas and Israel, attacking Israel. Hezbollah attacking Israel, Iran behind the curtain funding and arming with U.S. dollars given to the Iranian mullahs by Joe Biden and by Barack Obama on a larger scale. And aren't we just weeks away from a a nuclear weapon in the hands of the Iranians, according to a nuclear expert? And, oh, by the way, the Houthis, because we just bombed the Houthis again. You know, that is so dumb. That is so profoundly, sickeningly ignorant. That is that is so diametrically opposed to what is true that I think we're going to have to play John Boltneck carry again uh, just so that everyone can hear it clearly because this is, this is truly extraordinary. These people lie. Again, they're looking for one-legged, mentally deficient dwarves to be your air traffic controllers. They think pilots should be chosen based on their race. And their genitalia, which does not have anything to do with your gender. The mental cases are in charge of everything. And here's Boltneck. Now, this is, he's in Davos for the World Economic Forum. He flew in, doubtless, on his wife's Gulfstream jet, which is a beautiful aircraft, and made in Georgia, made in America by the patriarchy. You're welcome. And uh, Boltneck, he went uh, flying over there. On his wife's private jet, he didn't earn the money himself. He has never done anything helpful or useful. But he flew over on his wife's Gulfstream jet. She inherited it from her late husband, the Heinz ketchup heir, and Heinz food fortune. But never mind that. He married into it. His last wife was worth hundreds of millions of dollars. His current wife is billions of dollars. He knows how to marry. I'll give him that. And uh, here's Boltneck in Davos uh, having flown over on the Gulfstream jet saying that, thank God Joe Biden is in the White House because otherwise there might be war all over the world. So I am going to campaign very happily because I think he's done a terrific job. He's shown experience.
1: He's kept us from, you know, having a, 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 you know, a complete
0: breakout of uncontrolled war in many regions. He's kept us from having a complete breakout of uncontrolled war in many regions. How many regions are there? <laughs> that is astonishing. And the Bloomberg dimwit was sitting there looking like an idiot. Um, yeah, thank God Biden's in the White House. Otherwise, there might be war all over the place. Hmm. As uh, didn't we? I, I, we just bombed Yemen again in the last twenty-four hours. Israel is at war. They're pulling troops out of Gaza because Lebanon is attacking them from the north. Ukraine is at war, bordering NATO countries with Putin's Russia. Putin is a commie. The Chinese are champing at the bit to go in and take Taiwan because they just elected the wrong guy. That doesn't meet with Beijing's approval. Uh, Just extraordinary. Uh, Also, we've got more from Boltneck. In um, in Davos, Boltneck was walking down the street in Davos, and a Rebel News reporter, online presence, Rebel News from Australia, Avi Yemeni, is that right? Yemeni, uh, like he's from Yemen, Avi Maneni, uh, uh Yemeni rather, uh, asked Kerry about his carbon footprint because you know the the Davos World Economic Forum which is the left-wing globalist circle fest. And uh, they go there on their private jets. They all fly on private planes. And um, then they complain about everybody else driving combustion engine cars and things like that. But they won't build any new power plants because it's, you know, you can, you know what you can do. But in any event, the Davos gang, I'm told that there are a 1,000 private jets that went in for Davos once again, and that's pretty normal. The um, the private jet scene, and look, uh, private jets are wonderful. I'd love to have a Gulfstream jet. I'd use it all over the place. I wouldn't lecture you about uh, not using your four-cylinder automobile, as these people do, but were it not for double standards, liberals, of course, would have no standards at all. Extraordinary stuff. The World Economic Forum kicks off in Davos, Switzerland, with global elites, global elites, likely to face flack for private jets. Just saying, you know, because what's the problem with that? And they all fly on in private jets, and then they tell you to not drive four-cylinder cars. Pretty amazing stuff. And, and uh, Boltneck is certainly one of those people. So a uh, reporter with Rebel News saw Boltneck walking on the sidewalk with a small entourage and this woman throws a body block into the reporter Avi to try to make him stop asking Boltneck questions he's campaigning for Biden because you know thank god for Biden there's no war in Europe there's no war in the Middle East there's no war on the Saudi peninsula uh, we're not waiting for China to attack Taiwan it's everything is great right uh, what what is are they that pathologically dishonest or are they that stupid those are the only possible answers so here's rebel news avia mini what's the carbon footprint of these events every single year that you come here right you think it's worth it peasants pay for your crimes that's a stupid question
2: is it is it really
0: that's a stupid question don't you know who i am I moved my mansion from Nantucket to Martha's Vineyard because they were about to build windmills that would obstruct my view. So I moved my $20 million Nantucket mansion over to Martha's Vineyard. And that's, you know, he had that, that, uh, like, $100 million yacht, the sailing yacht that he kept not in Massachusetts, but in we're in Rhode Island, so that he didn't pay the taxes, right? He's a tax-evading bolt-neck, too. So the uh, reporter, Avi, is trying to ask a follow-up question when a Kerry staffer uh, stiff-arms him and uh, 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 blocks him and shoves him.
2: We are dumb now. Don't grab me. We are dumb You can't done grab now. us. This is a free society, mate. This is, we now. have freedom of the press. Why yeah. do you think you're more important Your carbon footprint doesn't matter, but everybody else around the world
1: suggested that.
2: Nobody ever suggested that. Don't make up stupid questions. Being Uh, here suggests that.
0: Second time. You being here every single year and doing this suggests that.
1: And and I have done a huge amount.
2: Listen, now it's finished. Why can't I ask him questions?
0: Who are you? She's a little fascist. And um, the uh, Davos gathering typically means 1,000 to 1,500 jets fly into the surrounding airports. There is no single airport that can accommodate all of the private jets coming in for the World Economic Forum, where people lecture the world about carbon footprints. And this woman, no less, you know, you're going to play like the boys. Uh, Gosh, maybe you're going to get pushed back. Um, and uh, that's two stupid questions, right, from Boltneck to the reporter asking about the carbon footprint of this gathering of elites. I don't like that word, but it certainly applies for these people. And, um, and good for Rebel News and, and good for Avi for, for getting the job done there. That's great stuff. And he said, well, that's – uh, couldn't be more pompous. Insuff, insufferable, sniveling, uh, arrogant. And again, he didn't even earn the money. He married it, which, God, the poor woman. How terrible. But you may remember uh, John Kerry several years ago. I think this may have been at Davos also. And, and a reporter asked him about flying in private jets. And he's uh, bopping all over the world, lecturing people about carbon, carbon footprints. And it's you know just him and maybe a flight attendant, you know what I'm talking about, on a private jet flying all over the world. And he said, well, he's so important, unlike you, that of course he needs a private jet because he's him and you're not. On that issue, pollution, I understand that you came here with a private jet. Uh, Is that an environmental way to travel? If you offset your carbon,
1: it's the only choice for somebody like me who is traveling the world to win this battle.
0: See, it's the only one for somebody like me. He's traveling the world to win this battle. But you're polluting more than the country of Burkina Faso, which ought to be noted as well. You're a Democrat party. Aren't they extraordinary? Yes, they are. And with that, let's go to soundbite number 21 because there is a, a, a funny story out of Chicago. It's real cold in Chicago, real cold. And a couple of days ago, I think I told you I was texting with my brothers in Chicago they sent me a a, a screen grab of the WGn weather and it was twenty seven degrees below zero in Chicago when I was texting with my brother and um you know that's no joke that's that's cold Global warming would be good if you live in Chicago hey little throw us throw us a little global warming would you we can uh, we can take it but the Teslas and other electric cars couldn't charge because it was so cold, everything froze. And, you know, when you're in your normal car, combustion engine car, you turn on your engine, the combustion engine is going, it heats up, and then a fan blows across the heated engine block, and that's where the heat in your car comes from. No such thing with a Tesla or an electric car. The engine block is not there to heat up, so there is no heat source. So the battery has to provide heat which kills your battery lickety-split, as Chaz Mona likes to say when she's driving her Tesla. Is Chaz a her or a him? I don't know. And the other, you got a GM uh, electric car, a Volt, a Chevy Volt. Um, no source of heat like you have with a combustion engine. So the battery has to provide the heat. And when it's real cold, that kills the battery really quickly. See, that's something they don't tell you. And by the way, when it's 100 degrees out in the summertime in Death Valley, there is no uh, air conditioning source, so the battery has to give you air conditioning. It kills the battery really quickly. And the batteries are filled with toxins, and they're made in communist China by child slave labor who are going to die of the toxic exposure later on. And if your car is T-boned in an intersection, the hazmat crew has to come because when your giant battery cracks open... Uh, there's hazardous material everywhere you look. Now, it uh, was Fox, the Fox local station in Chicago that uh, went to a charging station, a bit with a bunch of different chargers, but nobody could charge because the chargers were frozen and the cars were dying and they a lot of them had to be towed away and nobody could get anywhere because it got cold in Chicago in January, all the electric cars froze up.
2: We got a bunch of dead robots out here. Nothing, no juice, it's still on zero percent. And this is like three hours this morning being out here after being out here eight hours yesterday. It's just frozen, and so I'm now getting it towed to the Tesla um, service center because that's my only option at this point.
1: No response from Tesla. We have been suffering since yesterday uh, afternoon. And this is crazy. It's, it's, it's a disaster.
0: It is a disaster. Tesla owners say EV batteries won't charge as brutally cold temperatures hit Chicago. So it's kind of a summertime car, as long as you don't need air conditioning. Pretty amazing. The Democrats keep coming up with all these great ideas. They've got the fix for everything. Of course, the fix for their fix is the real challenge because... Everything they do produces the opposite of the intended results. Your Tesla, your electric car. I like my turbocharged gasoline-powered car. I I like it a lot. The heat works great in the wintertime. Great. Wonderful. I got a heated seat. My seat. Have you seen that? They have heated seats now. That's pretty great. It's my first car ever with a heated seat. It's kind of exciting for me. (laughs) That's great. And John Kerry is important. He needs to go from place to place by private jet. You should just stay home and eat corn. Hey, it's Chris Plant. Excited to tell you about our July 2024 Listener Sea Cruise. We'll be sailing around the British Isles, visiting Scotland and Ireland. Please join us. Visit ChrisPlantCruise.com. Now, there was another funny moment in the Bloomberg interview with Boltneck. Uh, I guess it was last time, maybe it's this morning, because they're hours ahead of us. Bloomberg News. And uh, John Kerry is 80 years old. He's 80 years old, born December 11th, 1943 AD. And uh, he's talking to this Bloomberg fluffer, and they agree that John Kerry is campaigning for uh, Biden. Um, to get the youth vote out. There's reporting that you're stepping down to actually go work for the campaign to get out the climate vote, the youth vote. How successful
2: do you think you can be in that position when the youth think that this is a president that is too old
0: and too out of touch to lead them? Well, that's Especially a, also when it comes to a foreign policy issue like Gaza. Very and, fair. It's a great question. And you're 80. <laughs> and the president's 81. So the 81-year-old got the young Uh, you know, the whippersnapper over here, he's only 80 to uh, campaign in his Gulfstream jet to get the youth vote out because they care about the climate. I got to tell you, being a Democrat is a different thing altogether. Mother of Pearl. Uh, Let's, uh, what do I have time? I do. Let's go to Steve calling from Ashburn, Virginia. Stephen, you're on the Chris Plant Show. Good morning, Chris. A wonderful
2: show as usual. How are you today on this snowy day?
0: Very well. Very happy to be an American uh, and uh, engaged in the great debates of our day. Uh, thank you. A uh, c- uh, couple of quick points. One about about uh, Davos. Uh,
2: John Kerry is channeling his inner Baghdad Bob, the former Iraqi mm-hmm. information minister, if you recall. Mm-hmm. When the American tanks were rolling into Baghdad, there was a big press conference, and the reporters were asking uh, the Iraqi information minister, what about all those American tanks? He said, there are no American tanks. Uh, no more stupid questions. Uh, so uh, I think... <laughs> <laughs> I think he's cha- he's channeling his uh, his inner uh, Baghdad Bob. That's uh, that's that's thing one. Thing two. I have been to Davos during the uh, World Economic Forum. I wasn't invited, but I happened to be there when I was skiing. Uh, I, I flew there on a big commercial jet and I took a commercial bus. So my. Uh, my carbon footprint was probably uh, uh, excessive, but uh, what the hell? I was skiing, and I ran. I ran into Richard Quest, formerly of CNN, on the on the street one day, he was interviewing somebody. Then I went up and talked to him. But uh, uh, that was my only uh, my only brush with fame when I was in Davos. But I thought I'd just throw that out.
0: That is fun. That's great fun, Richard Quest. Um, there are so many stories to tell about him uh, being uh, caught in. Uh, Central Park with drugs and sex toys and a new around us. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... Were it not for your double standards, liberals would have no standards at all. And John Kerry personifies that truism. Yes, sir. And Steve, who was uh, just on the line talking about Baghdad Bob, you know, that's why I call Cobble Kirby, Cobble Kirby, because he's a spinoff of Baghdad Bob, of course, and Steve said he's been to Davos. He was there for the at the time of the World Economic Forum, but not for the World Economic Forum. And he was there to ski. That sounds great, doesn't it? And he ran into Richard Quest, who was a CNN reporter, who was arrested in Central Park. Uh, back in 2008, I looked it up. He had methamphetamine in his pocket. He was arrested in Central Park at, I think, 4 a.m. It was uh, 3.40 a.m., And uh, who knew Central Park closes at 1 a.m., but never mind that. And Richard Quest, a CNN reporter, was in there with drugs in his pocket, rope around his neck that was tied to his genitals, and a sex toy in his boot. Exactly the sex toy you might imagine. And uh, then the police uh, didn't want to search him, but they ended up having to search him, and they found methamphetamine in his left jacket pocket. This guy knows how to party, huh? (laughs) He's got methamphetamine in his pocket a rope around. One end of the rope is around his neck, attached to his head uh, above his shoulders. And uh, then the sex toy in the boot. Having a party? Better invite Richard Quest in New York City. And when that happened, Richard Quest was suspended for about a week. Then they brought him back and gave him his own show. He was a uh, news reporter and then he got he became an anchor because of this not in spite of this but but because of this pretty amazing uh, fun stuff there all right let's get to uh let's see <laughs> just crazy Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. uh you know before we were just talking about we can take another phone call, then we'll get to uh president Trump and Republicans and and uh stuff we were talking about the the EV, electric, everything has to be an abbreviation, right? Uh, everything, everything is an abbreviation. Two letters, three letters, four, five. I did. I had a six-letter abbreviation today, I think, because the left loves it. Everything becomes a code, right? Hunter Biden's gun pouch had cocaine residue on it. They call it CR. You know, it's uh, <laughs> uh, just uh, amazing stuff. Oh, by the way, uh, the, uh, the judge in New York uh, ruled today that they will not dismiss, the judge will not dismiss the subway chokehold death case against Marine Corps veteran Daniel Penny, who tried to subdue a psychotic career criminal, mentally ill, drug-addicted, psycho, homeless, lunatic in New York City on the subway. Daniel Penny, U.S. Marine Corps, um... Well, he, the, the, the psycho was threatening everybody on the train, threatening to kill people. And, um, you know, the news media told us that, that uh, this guy Neely, Jordan Neely, who died, and it was tragic because his life was tragic, Jordan Neely's. Oh, he was a Michael Jackson impersonator. No, he's a drug-addicted, mentally ill, psychotic who could get a job at the FAA. He could definitely get a job at the FAA with uh, Joe Biden. But the judge has denied a motion by attorneys for Daniel Penny, the U.S. Marine veteran, who placed Jordan Neely in a deadly chokehold aboard a New York City subway train last year. And uh, his lawyers wanted the case dismissed. He's been charged with manslaughter. And the judge said, no, you're a white Marine. We're going to lynch you because we are all transgender, drug-addled leftists. And we're turning the whole city of New York into a sanctuary for mentally disturbed, drug-addled leftists who may uh, suffer from dwarfism, because they all work at the FAA.
2: He's Uh,
0: on the subway impersonating
2: Michael Jackson, who was close to me. As you know, Michael used to come up to (laughs) the National Action Network. I preached Michael's funeral.
0: Yeah, and that made him very happy. Um, yeah, I'm uh that's the Reverend Al charlatan, and he was an impersonator of Michael Jackson, who uh, I was personally acquainted. With. I was a personal friend of that's <laughs> you guys, you guys. um, and we were talking about Chicago where the the Tesla's all froze, and it's kind of funny, and then it's kind of not because you know they, The Democrats, the left, they come up with all these amazing, great ideas. And then when implemented, they're always a catastrophe, a disaster. Because the left, you know, again, Tesla owners say EV batteries won't charge as brutally cold temperatures. Hit Chicago, which happens every year about this time. And with that, let's go to a telephone call. Let's go to Joe calling from Percival, Virginia. Joseph, you're on the Chris Plant Show.
1: Yeah, hi, Chris. It's This whole battery situation is much worse than you think. You can't charge a cold battery. The dirty little secret is that you have to warm up the battery before you charge it. And that's for 30 to 45 minutes. Now, the catch-22 is that if your battery is completely dead, which is the worst thing that can happen to a... Tesla battery, you can't have any charge to heat up the battery, so if you're stuck somewhere where there's no charger, you can't even get enough current to cause this uh, heating effect. Uh, If you try to, you can damage the battery permanently by trying to heat up, uh, by trying to charge it when it's cold. The same thing is true when it's very warm. So this is a science experiment that's gone wrong. It, uh, it's a This is dirty. If you look, look into the uh, the various websites, you'll see that the Tesla owners talk about this, but they really have, offer no solution.
0: And you, uh, as I understand it, are an engineer, and you're familiar with, uh, you've worked in this right. arena.
1: I'm an electrical engineer, and I, I've spoken on this before. Um, this whole thing is... Is a ridiculous science experiment because you're essentially generating the energy with 60% fossil fuels, 20% nuclear, and only 20% renewable. So you've got to burn the coal, oil, natural gas to generate the energy anyway. So it's a ridiculous situation. And you're right, there is no energy storage in the engine block, which is what's normally used to heat. The passenger compartment. In addition, with a uh, electric car, you got to heat as many as seven thousand little batteries. And if you do it wrong, kiss it goodbye, and you're going to spend another twenty to thirty thousand dollars replacing the the uh, the battery.
0: And if you uh, live uh, in Chicago or in uh, Minneapolis or in uh, Fargo, uh, you definitely don't want one of these. You definitely want a uh, you know an eight cylinder engine block uh, to save your life.
1: Absolutely, because
0: this this is
1: a situation where not only that you have all kinds of other problems with materials, you're not improving the environment, really, by running an electric car.
0: Well, and you're right that it really runs on coal, because when you plug it in, and we had this great uh, audio that we played a couple of years ago out of Lansing, Michigan, when the GM... The General Motors lady came out to unveil their new electric car, and a reporter there uh, asked, where does the energy come from? And she said, "Uh, the wall. She said, the wall. It's plugged into the wall. And he sort of laughed at the reporter and said, yeah, but where does the uh, electricity for the building come from? And she said, oh, that, I don't know. I don't know that. And then the Lansing, there was a a Lansing city official there, and the reporter said to the city official, well, uh, where does electricity come from? And and he explained, well, uh, this whole region is coal-burning plant provided electricity, so the electric car actually runs on coal, right? Exactly. And and, and, and let's keep. Uh, did, did you just whip that up? And Michael is so fast. He found that uh, Lansing, Michigan audio. So what's charging the, the batteries right now? What, where, where's what's the source of a uh, Well, here,
2: it's coming from the building.
0: I mean, is it? Um, what's our mix of power?
2: Oh, actually,
1: Lansing feeds the building. What's that? Lansing feeds power to the building. So I don't, I don't know. They're. Uh... I bet you they're a bit of
2: coal. Oh,
1: they're heavy on natural gas, aren't
0: they? <laughs> she tried to spin it. I said, and she started. I think it's coal. I think they're heavy on coal." No, no, I can't say that because that means my electric car runs on coal. And then there was an official from the city of Lansing there who actually knew what he was talking about. Right now the car is charging off of your grid. Right. It would be charging off uh, our grid, which is about 95% coal. 95% coal. Uh, So so your your electric car is actually a coal-burning car. Uh, It might as well be the locomotive from Petticoat Junction. And let's also keep in mind, I just uh, whipped up on Al Gore's amazing Internet, child labor behind smartphone and electric car batteries in china right and amnesty international was on the case saying that the communists used child labor forced child labor to make the batteries and also joe you know that they're filled with toxins uh and that's bad for the environment the fact that these cars run on coal bad for the environment uh and these are the people that are saving the environment right
1: yeah, it's not. It's actually worse for the environment because carbon dioxide is a food for plants. Right. Everything that grows and everybody living uh, needs carbon dioxide. Yeah. Every, it's amazing that we are allowing this to happen. It's exactly reverse of what should, the situation. And as you pointed out, the, the warmer the planet, the, the more comfortable it is, and the the amount of carbon dioxide we can take is probably double or triple. The room you're in right now probably has three times the amount that they are trying to reduce, and it's yep. impossible to reduce.
0: Yeah, that's right. Joe, uh, thank you very much. Thanks for your, um, your knowledge and your wisdom. I appreciate that. That's great. And, yeah, this is the environmental movement. And also, U.S. shift on child labor may scramble EV sector. This is from... 2022 on the energy wire, the Biden administration declared that batteries from China may be tainted by child labor. No kidding. A move, it's not a move that could upend the electric vehicle industry. It didn't because the left is fine with communist Chinese child labor and give fresh ammunition to critics of White House climate policies. Now, uh, the left is a disgrace to humanity and and, you know, of course, they've killed more people than any group of people in the history of the world, too. Wah, wah, wah. All right, so let's get to, uh, let's get to, thank you, Joe. Good stuff. Let's get to soundbite number one and Donald John Trump. The, um, mm, mm, mm. Uh, He, you know, just the other night was when he won in Iowa. Came out and sounding like the unity president. It's time for us to all come together. Republicans and Democrats and Americans, let's all come together.
2: It's time for the Republican Party, however, to unify,
0: come together, and move forward as one team. We have to beat crooked Joe Biden. We have to beat him. Yes, yes. And uh, last night, uh, President Trump was on stage, and Vivek Ramaswamy came up and gave a speech. And I tell you, I was being texted about it by friends. Like, this guy's en fuego. This guy's good. He speaks really well. He makes sense. He uh, just ticked off points in a, in a brilliant way. Vivek did last night, Vivek Ramaswamy and President Trump.
2: He's a fantastic guy, and he's really, uh, he's got something that's uh, very special because he started off with a Zippo, and he's got, he ended up very strong. He did a great job. I was actually surprised when he called because he was doing well and uh, it's an honor to have his endorsement. He's going to be working with us, and he'll be working with us for a long
0: time. Well, well, well. And uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, um, um, you know, talking about Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. And I think Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley would actually at this point do this country and this party a service by stepping aside to make sure that we're focused on not only nominating Donald Trump, but getting this country back and reviving those founding revolutionary ideals. That's a good idea. And honestly, he was uh, speaking last night, um, and I was uh, mesmerized, his, uh, his cadence, his, uh, his style of speaking, and uh, what he had to say, I think, was, uh, was welcome, uh, let's just say. Uh, Nikki Haley also um, in New Hampshire last night where everybody has gathered now, right? President Trump in New Hampshire. uh, Vivek Ramaswamy in New Hampshire, even though he's dropped out of the race, said he's not going to be campaigning for President Trump. I think he's looking for a role in a future Trump administration. Uh, And uh, Nikki Haley, maybe not as much. I voted for President Trump twice. I was honored to serve America in his administration. But rightly or wrongly, Chaos follows
2: him. You know I'm right. Chaos follows
0: him. Uh, That's the left uh, about 95 percent of the time. And you think that chaos follows him. Let's look at the world since Joe Biden moved into the White House. Again, Boltneck is saying, well, there is no war under Joe Biden around the world. Well, there was no war under President Trump, and the moment Joe Biden came in, the whole damn world, as it were, and everybody spends their dinner table time talking about the coming World War III, or the next Democrat-inspired civil war. I'm glad you voted for President Trump twice, uh, Nikki, but uh, no, it's not chaos following him. He, you know, has an off-the-cuff quip every now and then, but... Chaos is the left rioting from coast to coast and burning our cities and overturning police cars and, and killing dozens of people. And, oh, look what I've done to the clock again. I just keep doing this. I need a longer show, don't I? Yes, I do. Um, I, I should probably get a show at uh, Netflix and go on there at night. I think I will. Great stuff. Yes, sir. Virginia County, the blaze. Virginia County revises 2020 election vote totals after discovering what they're calling reporting errors that miscalculated thousands of votes. Now, that was more than three years ago. Northern Virginia County, Prince William County Board of Elections announced President Joe Biden was shorted 1648 votes in the 2020 presidential contest while former President Trump incorrectly received an extra 2327 votes. Sure. Does that mean there were some inaccuracies and, and that's one county and one state? Sam, we had an election day. What did I I was uh, somebody ping me today. Oh wait, it's oh gosh. It's the mailbag day whats once again I ran right over and going to have to do it tomorrow. Oh, holy smoke. I talk too much. In the city of Houston, Texas, there is a professional football team called the Texans. They have a quarterback by the name of CJ. Stroud. had a big uh, playoff win a couple of nights ago. And the Christian headlines, Texans QB C.J. Stroud thanks his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, after record playoff win. But then NBC Sports, with whom he did the interview, decided to edit that out, to edit out the reference to Jesus Christ because they're hostile to Western civilization because they're the left. Now, the interview on Saturday went over the Cleveland Browns, and, and he thanked uh, his Lord and Savior.
2: First of all, I just want to give all glory and praise to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's been amazing being in this city for as short as I've been, but the love that I've got. I've really just been doing it for Houston, man, people back home.
0: And then NBC Sports aired the interview. For you,
2: uh, what does this moment mean? I mean, it's been amazing. Been in this city for as short as I've been.
0: Hey, wait a minute. What happened to the part about thanking his Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? NBC Sports edited that out, godless commies.